Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. It's hard enough being a mom and the last thing you need is stress from too much stuff and an overcrowded schedule. For too long, I lived with the mindset that bigger was better and the more that I added to my life, instead of feeling better, I felt overwhelmed. It was time for a radical new mindset. Less is more. I'm not into extremes. I didn't throw everything away. My brand of minimalism is more about adding than subtracting. Get rid of the excess to make room for what you love. In other words, it's about living life with purpose. I hope you'll listen in as my guests and myself can inspire you to think more and do with less. Do you ever find yourself overwhelmed by the constant demands of managing your household? If you're a mom, you likely do. Whether you have a small or large home and family, it often feels like there's an endless list of tasks to tackle. That's where loop planning comes in as a valuable strategy that can help you stay organized without the added stress. Today, we have a special guest joining us for the second time on the Minimalist Moms podcast, Kelly Briggs, the creator of Simple Home Mom. She previously discussed simplifying your laundry routine, and now she's here to delve into the topic of loop planning and its impact on establishing effective routines. But before we get there, I quickly want to share my minimalist resource of the week. I'm so excited to share that my friend and previous guest of the show, Emily Hamlin of Enlightening Motherhood, is hosting a summit, Raising Emotionally Healthy Family Summit. Emily has brought together more than 30 experts and influencers for the series on helping our children with big emotions and sometimes challenging behaviors. For this complimentary series on helping our children with their big emotions, all while empowering ourselves more as parents and caregivers to meet their needs. When she asked me to be included in the summit, I knew it was something that I wanted to do, as raising emotionally intelligent and healthy children is obviously very important to me. The name of my talk is Emotional Benefits of Cultivating Intention and Simplicity with Children. If you're at all interested, I'll be sure to include a link in the show notes. I'll also be promoting it on Instagram. Check out Emily. Check out this summit. I don't think you'll regret it if this is something that is valuable and important to you. All right, let's get into the conversation with Kelly Briggs. Kelly, thanks so much for joining me again on the podcast. I'm so excited to be back. Thanks for having me. You were the very top episode of 2021, your episode about laundry and creating a simple laundry habit. So I knew that I really wanted to have you back on because the listeners have enjoyed that episode so much. I love that. That's so funny to me. (laughs) Laundry. (laughs) I know laundry, but that's something that, I mean, (laughs) all of us are having to navigate and deal with Mm. weekly, if not daily basis. So I think that that's why it resonated with people so much. But why don't we reintroduce you to listeners who didn't hear that episode? And then we'll get into our conversation today about loop planning, which we'll let you explain that. But why don't you introduce yourself? Mm -hmm. Sure. So I'm Kelly Briggs or Simple Home Mom. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm a past elementary teacher. I'm now a homeschooling work at home mom of four ages, almost 12 to three. Um, I also do like social media uh, work with some clients and of course run Simple Home Mom. So that's a bit about me. Perfect. So today we're going to be talking about loop planning, which you found to be very beneficial for you and pursuing a life with less and simplifying your life. So before we get into how you've applied this to your life, what is loop planning? So loop planning, it's my favorite strategy that we use and it, and it like helps me to stress less about the home and those other areas that need attention outside of regular chores. So A loop plan is essentially a list of things or tasks that you loop through 
with no regard to time. That way you kind of never feel behind or ahead. And then when I explain that, it's like, okay, tell me more. Cause what exactly does that look like? And what does it mean? So I can kind of like break that down a bit for the listeners. So this is more of what it looks like for me. This is how I organize my daily loop chore plan for those extra chores. I have a list of areas that I want to work on, such as my kitchen, the dining room, living room, rec room, my bedroom, hallways, and so on. So I have this list of areas. And next to that, I created a master task list of chores to refer to whenever I'm in each area, such as clean the windows, declutter the cupboards, dust the shelves, etc. for each area. Because I honestly find if I'm in an area, I just get stumped. I'm like, what do I do next? What do I do? Do I want to do it all? And currently I go through my loop in whatever area I'm working on Monday to Thursday, usually. And then when I'm in the area that I'm working on, I decide what I want to do when I'm working on that area. Sometimes I just decide to do cleaning. That's it. And then move on to the next area the next day or whenever I'm done, whatever I'm working on in that area. Sometimes I do everything, cleaning, tidying, organizing, decluttering, and then I move on to the next area. But what can be confusing is, well, do you do everything in one day? No, sometimes it takes me like three weeks to work on one area. Like I did our master bedroom, I don't know, six months ago, and it took me three weeks because I was going through our clothes. I was dusting the fan. I was cleaning the windows like crazy. I kind of was doing it in full. But then sometimes one area could take me just a couple of days and then I move on to the next area. It just all depends on how thoroughly I want to do it that time or how much it needs it. But you kind of like pause and restart as needed. So that's kind of like how I do my loop chores, focusing on areas and moving through them. But I'm sure you have questions from there too, Diane. So feel free to ask for any clarifications. I should have started off by asking you as a mom of several children and you homeschool, Mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Is loop planning how you're able to keep on top of decluttering? Absolutely. So for decluttering in our home, it's definitely not something that I do all of the time, especially in large amounts. We do a little bit at a time. So during my loop chore time, right now I'm working on the kitchen for the past week. And as I'm going through like each cupboard today, I did two cupboards. I like wiped them out and stuff. But as I'm doing that, I'm also looking and seeing, is there anything that needs to go? There wasn't today, but there's definitely been like Tupperware lids or whatever that I'm like, okay, that needs to go now. So it's just a little bit of decluttering over time for us right now. And also, we also do things when we're tidying at the home, I kind of look over what we're tidying up. Hey, does this need to be decluttered? Has this toy been sitting here for a couple of weeks? Maybe that needs to go. But now I need to say, though, a lot of people might not be in the maintenance decluttering stage of their decluttering journey. So if I was starting from the beginning of decluttering, like I've never decluttered, I need to start somewhere, it might look different, like a big declutter time, I might instead of doing my little bits at a time, I might block plan like a weekend here and there to do a bunch of decluttering at once and then pause on all the other home stuff at that time and be like, yeah, I'm going to let my kitchen go and everything else go while I do some like chunk decluttering here. But for our family right now, it's literally just like little bits of decluttering, decluttering here and there. So is this something that your husband's on board with? Or do you kind of take the reins and then kind of dictate outsource to family members? 
Yeah, my husband's definitely on board with decluttering. He likes it tidy. His family grew up with a grandmother in the house. It was his grandmother's house and they lived downstairs. She was upstairs. She had like everything perfectly tidy all the time. So that's the environment he grew up in. But he's also has had to learn, hey, we have four children (laughs) and we got to be okay with the mess sometimes, right? But he's definitely on board with the maintenance decluttering. And there are some areas that he only does clothes. He works on the workshop with my son. My son has his own workshop area. I don't touch those areas or the computer areas. So he does that. But I will be like the home manager as in like, hey, we're going to work on decluttering today. And this is the area. Did you want to work in that too then kind of thing too? I'm really good at the planning part of it. He's very good at getting stuff done, which I really appreciate. You haven't been doing loop planning since you've become a mom. And I'm sure you've done various methods of planning. But why has this one stuck? I think I've been doing it now a couple of years, but I've tried lots of different methods. Of course, I've tried like do this on Monday, do this on Tuesday. And I found for my personality type that I would get stressed out because I would get behind on different things or I would forget about it. And I found it just wasn't simple enough for me and it was too stressful. But I was like, hey, maybe I should try loop planning some of those chores that I don't get to frequently. So at least I'm getting to them periodically instead of letting it number one pile up or forgotten about. So when I started instilling the loop planning to those extra chores outside of daily chores, it really started making a difference. When I first started doing them, it was kind of overwhelming just because I was like, oh my gosh, I have to deep clean. I have to do this and this and this. There's so many things that are behind. But now it's that I've been doing it for a while, it's become a lot easier to kind of go through them. And it's not as much deep cleaning. It's not as much decluttering every time I attack areas. Because in the past, it would have been like, oh, my husband's on vacation. This is a great time to do some catch up on decluttering or cleaning. And it was a lot, you know, so I found that even if it's literally five minutes a day of something in the loop plan area that I'm working on, it seriously makes makes a big difference all year round for our family. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like something I need to implement. And with the loop planning, I mean, this is applied to all areas of your home, but do you give your kiddos things that they're having to regularly quarterly go through so that they can keep the major clutter at bay? Or is this more so again, just you and your husband? Um, It varies. It depends on what area I'm working on. Like I said, I'm in the kitchen. That's not really an area that the kids are actively involved in I mean they help us bake and cook and stuff like that but they're not you know their skills are not there yet with organizing and decluttering for that kind of stuff but for their own areas like the rec room or the bedroom they're definitely involved in those areas sometimes we obviously work on those areas outside of when I schedule them in or whatnot for loop chores. But yeah, I'll ask them about toys or whatever. I noticed that, you know, you have too many Legos. Do you want to keep all these? Are you using all these? Does some of it need to go? They're definitely involved in things that belong to them with their bedroom, the rec room, the main areas that have their things.
So mm-hmm. my next question for you, it just as a general question is what are some clutter rules and habits for your family to keep it more reasonable? Obviously loop planning. Do you have anything mm-hmm. else that you recommend that you've kind of done some trial and error that may be beneficial to us that we don't have to necessarily do trial and error? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I wish I had like a, a, a home management coach or something before he had kids, because it's definitely something that we learned over the years. And, you know, at times it was stressful and clutter is constant in our home. Even when we are intentionally minimal, it's just kids, you know, they have their own things that they like and they collect. And um, let's just say, firstly, we watch what comes in. I've heard others call it being the gatekeeper of your home and like what stuff comes in. So I know when some things come in, they kind of have to go ASAP, such as things like cheap toys that are going to break in two seconds that were found or given to them. Seriously, sometimes on walks outside the home, they're like, "Ooh, I found a broken like X, Y, Z. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Or guys, you don't need that kind of thing. But I also obviously want to give them margin for collecting things that matter to them. But I can usually tell pretty quickly if it's not going to be something important to them or it's going to break. So I just kind of watch what comes in, keep an eye on it, and then see if it needs to go. Another thing that we do, which I know a lot of families that have these kinds of habits in place do as well, is to any mail or any papers that come in right away, we deal with it right away. Deal with it as soon as we can. And for our family, I either put it in the trash, put it in the recycling, or you know, if it's something I can't do that minute, such as deposit a check or something, we have like one small bin in the cupboard that we put in. That has really helped a lot because I totally remember in the past, we would just have piles of stuff that would just keep getting bigger and it was more overwhelming that way. Another thing that we do is giving a certain amount of space for stuff, whether it's our own stuff as adults, like I have a basket for socks and underwear. I don't go outside of that. Or for the kids, they have like a bin for Lego or whatever, you know, so giving them like boundaries around things that they can have and the, and the size that they can have it really can help too, because otherwise it just keeps expanding. Another thing that we do for clutter and having some habits is when I do the laundry, I look over the clothes. Is there anything that needs to go? Is there, do we have too many socks for one kid and stuff? That's a really easy time to declutter some clothing. And of course, as you mentioned, the loop chores, I'm always decluttering in whatever area I'm working on. If there's anything that needs to go periodically and goodness, I love decluttering too. So (laughs) any chance I get an excuse to work on that, I do it. And here's something too. We have one kid who is a mega collector. He just collects clutter, just sticks to him. Cause I know a lot of families might have a kid or more like this. And uh, whatever kind of collector it is, whether it's stuffed animals or electronics or Lego or whatever it is. So for this child in our family, for him, it's just periodic and consistent helping him go through his collections, you know, being like, hey, do you really use this? Do you need this? Do you have something else that does the same kind of thing? Is it broken? And it's a lot of work, I have to say, because sometimes it can be a lot of stuff. And sometimes, honest to goodness, we just put it aside or put it in his pile and just walk away and forget about it. (laughs) Because we don't 
have all the time in the world, but we do get to it at least periodically so we can help them learn those skills. And yeah, and try not to get frustrated about it because I know his brain works very differently from mine. So it's honoring that their brains work differently and these kinds of things matter to them, but it doesn't mean they can't learn the skills. It just means it's done differently and it's going to look different for them. Yeah, those are all great tips. My daughter, we've allowed her room to get a little bit more out of control than I'd like. I would say she's a collector of things, but I also have been noticing recently, ever since her room, we did a big tidy at the end of summer. She loves the way that it feels now. She likes to be able to lay her things out on her bedroom floor and then pick them all back up. Mm-hmm. And tidy yes. Stuff. So I'm grateful for yeah. that, that she has developed that, I guess, desire, but also I walked into her room the other day and she had gotten this book from the library, something about cardboard, using recyclable materials to create your own toys or your own whatever, fill in the book. Oh yeah. We sell those books for awesome. Yeah. Which is really great. I love that it's imaginative, creative. I'm really grateful that she is drifting towards that type of book. However, now in the corner of her room, she has all of these cardboard boxes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, oh my goodness. And <laughs> it's insane. And what if you just limited the number now? She's had a few mm-hmm. months to play with these things. Tell her she can keep one and it's time to get rid of the other so that at some point in the future, she can create more games or toys. Yeah. Yes. And it's great too, because she will know you really love what she's doing, but you're also giving her boundaries too, to help her learn I shouldn't keep everything. It's a really good skill that a lot of us probably didn't have when we were growing up. Yes. And I mean, for anyone listening, I was absolutely a collector of things. I would get my (laughs) birthday presents or Christmas presents and automatically take them to my room, hoarding them. I just wanted my things nice. I have this uh, mantra that I wrote in my book. It's use it up. And I feel like so often we get these things and they are nice or they're more money that we would want to spend. But then we keep them as these little relics and these little treasures and we never use them. And it's like, what's the point of owning something that you don't use? So anyways, all that to say, Mm -hmm. our kids are kids and little treasures are going to be more valuable to them now than they may be. Mm -hmm. And some of us have a tendency just being more sentimental than others. And so it's not something that I would totally go away for us. But the way that I was as a child and even an early adolescent is radically different from what I prioritize and value now. So I would say if, if our kids are adding to this clutter and this overwhelm, Yes, we can try and manage it as best as we can as the gatekeepers, Mm -hmm. also allowing them this season to figure out what they want and what they like. I think that's what we do. Agree. And then when we notice that, like you said, when we notice that they're not as interested in it, that's a great time to have good conversations with them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kelly, was there any other word of encouragement that you wanted to leave with the listeners? I guess a word of encouragement would be if you're kind of new to decluttering or it's just piled back up again, that um, you're not alone. Many of us get there. Uh, We have certain areas in our home that I kind of hide looking at, like I said, with one of my kids, (laughs) but it's all about like the baby steps and like the small steps you can take today and to keep moving too, in whatever way that looks for you, whether it's block planning a weekend to do some or just, you know, doing a drawer, just keep moving. The little wins add to your momentum over time. Yes. Yes. Well, Kelly, where can listeners connect with you if they want to do so? So for any of the listeners, if you're curious about my loop chores and how I do that and what it looks like, I do have them free too. So you can download those right? And like the link in my bio is usually there and you can download the loop chore checklist 
and it comes with daily chore checklist as well. So you can start trying it and trying it out and then follow me so you can kind of see how I do it day to day. They can find me on Instagram mostly. That's mostly where I hang out at Simple Home Mom. My website as well, simplehomemom.com. I also send out mostly weekly newsletters, currently weekly, because sometimes that changes to monthly depending on the season of life. Um, But yeah, they can find me there as well, simplehomemom.com. Perfect. Well, as we wrap up this conversation, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what has been a beneficial resource to you? Maybe even something that you've read this year or watched this year that you would like to recommend to the listeners. So I like to listen and read books that are in line with what I teach because I like to keep up with what other people are teaching And also to learn some new tidbits for my own home. And one of the resources and books that I read this year, I thought it was really great. It was very nitty gritty. It was called MOM, Master Organizer of Mayhem. And she's on Instagram as well. I forget her handle, but that's the name of the book. And I really, it was very interesting. It's a lot of information. So I even found it like was a little overwhelming for me, but it would be really great to sit down with it and like go chapter by chapter. And she gives like suggestions and steps for different things. And yeah, there's a lot of information packed in that one. And I think quite a few people would enjoy that. And I found it on a library app, Hoopla, like for free. Okay. I think I listened to it on there. So yeah, MOM, Master Organizer of Mayhem. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I will say when there's a book that's slightly more dense, a nonfiction specifically, I find it so helpful to listen to it. When someone's reading it to me, mm-hmm. I'm able to digest it a little bit better. So I'll have to Same. look it up. Well, my last question, then I'll let you go, is what is something that you can't stop talking about? Okay, so this is different and off topic, of course, but I have been learning a lot of new information about my food intolerances I've been having. I just found out I'm intolerant to some foods. I was having some like gut issues and stuff. And I'm actually like super excited to help my health and digestion with all of these new suggestions that I've been given. And I love checklists and stuff. So I also have a friend who's a dietitian. She's been giving me some suggestions as well, which has been really interesting for me because I love learning about anything like that too. So I'm working on a weekly or daily thing to be like, make sure I eat this X amount of vegetables or whatever per day. So that's exciting to me at least. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it is when we can finally figure out a reason for why we're not feeling great mm-hmm. and sleep right now. I it's crazy the way that I feel. I mean, I hear you. When we get rest, it's a whole different ball game. But yeah, I can totally relate to that. Well, Kelly, thanks so much for joining me again today. It was great to have you back. Thanks so much for having me again, Diane. It was fun. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com, where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity, or other ways to connect or work with me online. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating or review of your favorite episode. Lastly, sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends on social media is very helpful and will encourage others on their journey to think more and do with less.